You're listening to the So You Can Relate podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the So You Can Relate podcast. It's me, Joyce. And it's me, Adafala. We back at it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And today we just want to talk about friendships. Um, I love this topic. (laughs) I think... The reason why friendships is maybe a little bit more special to me than most people is um, I didn't grow up with siblings around my age. Mm. So my older sister is 10 years older than me. And then the one that follows me is 10 years younger. Wow. So I was I, I kind of grew up like an only child, essentially. Um, and so friendships was a very big deal for me because it was like my social circle. And I was very, as a child, I was really hyper, very chatty. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I'm a bit more reserved now. <laughs> But yeah, as a child, I was really happy-go-lucky. And so I loved social interactions and all of that. Um, and so friendship was like a big deal for me from a very young age. Yeah. Um, did you find it easy to make friends when you were young? Um, I think... I don't think so, no. <laughs> I don't think I ever made friends. Like, like for example, in primary school, I had a childminder. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the little girls that she looked after was also went to my school so we okay. were like best friends throughout secondary throughout primary school mm-hmm. and then we were just friends with other people actually I take it back I did struggle to make friends in secondary school I did oh really wow yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I like I mean I had people around me but I knew that nobody like was checking for me like that <laughs> <laughs> especially coming from like year seven and stuff like that yeah it's so weird because when you were in, when I was in primary school like I don't know it's just it's different it's like you don't have to put effort into many things in primary school. Like friends yeah, just kind of come to, things just come to you. Whereas in secondary school, people become a bit more self-aware. Mm. They want to be popular. They want to, I don't know, be known or whatever. They want everyone <laughs> to like them. So they put on a bit more of a front. And I didn't know how to do that. So I didn't get in with the, with the crowd that I quote unquote wanted yeah. to get in with. Um, so I guess I had to grow into myself. And I only really had like two, because <laughs> I had two friends. I had two close friends. Mm-hmm. Probably from like year seven, even to this day, I'm still really close to them. Okay. But as for like other acquaintances, like I really had no friendship group outside of those two. They just had other people that they spoke to and I just kind of latched on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just... Yeah, exist- mutuals. Yeah, I had mutuals, yes. Mm-hmm. I was existing in these circles, but I've always been a bit more of a like a socially awkward person. Okay. I've learned to manage that over time. And even to this day, I'm still a bit weird. So you can imagine what it was like for me when I was literally 11 <laughs> I did not know how to navigate those spaces. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I tried to play it cool, but it, it never really worked. Like this one time I was trying to like... So I was trying to walk past this like brick uh led this brick flower bed thing. Yeah. And I was like walking so close to it because I wanted to like get close to these people that I wanted to be friends with. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I fell into the flower bush. (laughs) It's weird because it wasn't even like the flower bush was like as high as my knee. Yeah. Like, I just, I managed to fall inside of it. And Aww. they're like, oh, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm good. And where's the medical room when they took me there? Wow. It was so embarrassing. But I feel like if anything, I had I had many embarrassing moments. Probably if I asked people from school, they wouldn't remember because it was like personal to me. But making friends back then, like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I wasn't a very social person like that. Oh, I see. I think um, I never found making friends hard. Um, I was like quite social um, and I think my, I would like, so in primary school I had a group of about five friends and we always used to hang out, we did everything together mm-hmm. and I just felt really comfortable in the friendship group I had made and I was like quite social so I'd make friends outside of my friendship group but I think um, when I was young one uh, mistake that I would make often was within the friendship group I would kind of have I think naturally you're closer to like two or three, yeah. but I would be close to one naturally. And like, that would be like my best friend. Yeah. Um, and so I was friends with all these other people, but this person, I really cared about their opinion, what they thought. And I was really close and invested in them. Um, mistake number one. <laughs> um, I think I learned really, I learned really quickly that it's quite dangerous to kind of just have this friend that you're so invested into um, solely and your other friendships, you kind of invest 
as and when, but with this particular person, you're just like all guns blazing. It's my best friend. We do everything together. We have sleepovers and um, we hang out after school and you're so invested in this friend. Because when I got to um, um, like the, I, th- I think around year six, the friendship kind of broke down and it was really hard for me to um, navigate friendships after that because I'd literally poured everything into this one person. Your all. My all. <laughs> um, and I hadn't really fostered any other friendships. So I learned that lesson very quickly in primary school mm. that it's good to invest in multiple people rather than one. And then I kind of hated the term best friend because it was kind of like it, it, didn't, it didn't work out well for me, the whole best friend thing. But then I made the same mistake in secondary school. <laughs> um, and that was so dramatic. I think I've had dramatic friendships, like yeah. dramatic breakups, dramatic makeups. Like it was literally like a relationship type of thing. Um, but I think one thing that I do want to say is I remember going to secondary school like it being an unspoken rule that like as a black girl, all my friends had to be black. So in primary school, I think I had, um, my circle was actually all black girls. It was a, a South African girl, a, an Angolan girl, a Jamaican girl, a Nigerian girl. So we were all black. Um, so going into secondary school, I think it was just, yeah, the unspoken rule. You're going to get a group of black girls and these are going to be your friends. Um, and that was pretty much what I did. Maybe for like the first two weeks of school, I kind of gravitated towards and got on with a lot of black girls. Mm-hmm. But then I quickly realized that i didn't really have a lot in common with these black girls. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up, my my friendship group that I ended up actually settling in was very multicultural. We had um, two Asian girls, one Somali girl, one Jamaican girl, and one Italian girl. So it was Aww. very, very multicultural, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, like I, I'm so happy that that ended up being my, my friendship group because it really informed my thinking, it informed my secondary school life and mm-hmm. friends are so influential in secondary school. Yeah. And I think that looking back, I'm kind of glad that I didn't settle for friends that I didn't have a lot in common with all because they're black. Mm. I just don't feel like that's a good enough reason. Yeah. Oh, you're black, but we don't have that much in common and I'm just going to be your friend type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I saved myself a lot of drama. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, like I had a lot of drama in my friendship group as well. Um, but yeah, what was secondary school like for you? Was it like... Did you feel as though like you found your footing with kind of making friends? I think I found my foot with making friends in the second year of university. Oh, a definitely. <laughs> okay. Sixth form yeah. to second year of university. Okay. But most definitely not in secondary school. Like, really? If I can think of it correctly. So I came into year seven and um, I mean, it, it was more like, mm-hmm. it was more like so the social side of school. Okay. I just didn't know what was going on. And I got off to a really, really bad foot. This is a personal story. I think I've told like one person before, right? Mm-hmm. But my first experience of like social interaction, especially with boys in uh, year seven was not good. So my sister had this girl that was in her, her year group and she had a younger sister that started taking school with me. Mm-hmm. So on the first day of school, they introduced us to each other. And this girl also happened to be in my form. I think I was standing next to her with such a... This is a traumatizing story, by the way, so right. feel free to laugh. Because I know I'm going to laugh it off. But, <laughs> so it was me, her, and maybe another girl. I don't remember if we were by ourselves or not. And we were standing in the hall, literally waiting for them to be like, okay, yeah, seven, sit down, let's start the school year, right? So mm. people were talking, and I was standing next to her, you know, trying to keep my cool, because obviously it's the first day of year seven, like it's yeah. crazy stuff. And this... I'm going to describe him badly. This short boy, that's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> Um, decided that he was going to go around and rate girls out of 10. Oh, no. <laughs> At the ripe old age of 11. So, yeah, literally, I saw him in the desert. He was going, ah, oh, six. <laughs> he was going, wicked, three, wicked three. boy. <laughs> and he had, like, two sidekicks laughing, literally laughing behind. Oh, it was like, yeah. a, like a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And then he, went, <laughs> he went to the girl next to me. Now he, I think he said to me and the other girl, he was like, mm. Yeah, this is four or five. So oh no! I said okay, I'll take that. <laughs> and then he looked at the other girl, like um, my sister's friend's sister. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. ten, ten out. Of t- wow, ten, out of ten, ten, ten. And I was thinking, this is my first experience of secondary yeah. school. That put me off on the wrong note. I was thinking, okay. people here are not nice. Mm-hmm. I don't like this guy. Obviously, I didn't like him. 
And then after a while, I became friends. I was still close to that girl. There shouldn't anything wrong to me. It was just like the way things were. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, these other two girls that we became friends with. So like four of us, four black girls, two Nigerians, one Ghanaian, one, um, I think she was from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I just realized like you, like we don't have much in common. I don't mm-hmm. really like these girls. Right. But there were two other girls in my form that I started to talk to more who are like my closest friends to this day. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to them more and more. So I had that, but... That for me was like, I felt like they were all I needed because I'd kind mm-hmm. of looked at other friendship groups and looked at other people and I just didn't find any of them interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I just didn't have any good experiences of them. So basically, I was just basically talking to these two girls and like the friends they had because they were more outgoing than me. So okay. they had their own friendship groups and my friendship group was them. So. Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so I would literally just go with them and I had acquaintances in that way, but I never had like, if I was to like, I don't know, walk around the, the playground during yeah, lunch, it would yeah. be one of those two. It wouldn't be okay. anybody else. Do you know what I mean? And I also had this thing where, like, I always felt very invisible in school. So, like, we'd be in friendship groups, for example. People would be talking. I'd just be standing there like, I'm not interested in this conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I have nothing to say. And if I say it, no one's going to hear me anyway. So I'm just going to... Oh, gonna, no. This is so depressing. I'm just going <laughs> to remain quiet, you know? Yeah. So that was me. Like, I kind of... I feel like I put myself in what I perceived to be my place in secondary school, which was oh, wow. just in a quiet place. Okay. It wasn't like I was being bullied. It wasn't like um, like people hated me or whatever, or like people mm-hmm. spending room. It's just that I kind of told myself, you're not that relevant, so you should just go about your way, which isn't a really good way to live your life, like telling yourself that you're irrelevant. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of humbled me because nobody had to ever knock me down the peg. Like I mm. put myself where I thought mm-hmm. I belonged. <laughs> Maybe I should have valued myself a bit more, but at the time I was like, well, I'm not popular. Um, I'm not loud, whatever. I'm just, people think I'm smart. So I guess I'll just go off that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just live my life. So then that was me. But then I think when it came around to like year 10, year 11, still had these two closest friends that I just still love or whatever. Yeah. And then they have this thing where they like, they kind of uh, rearrange the year group. So Mm -hmm. like they have um, forms one to eight or whatever. And then one to four are A side and five to eight are B side. Okay. And then they'll kind of swap some of the people around. So I went from B side to A side. And this was in year 10 when we started GCSEs. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I actually don't mind this school. I don't mind this year group because I'm with people that I actually can relate to. Yeah, yeah. It was people on the B side of the year that they were just different from people on the A side and I couldn't relate to them. Mm. I just didn't feel comfortable there. But when I moved to hang out with people that I'd kind of been separated from because of the timetable Mm -hmm. that the school had, I just got so much more comfortable and so much more confident. And that's when I started to really grow into myself. Right. Which is why I say probably around sixth form, I found it easier to make friends and around like year 11, whatever, because... I just, I felt like I was around people that were more like me. Mm. Whereas before that, I was just like kind of floating around like a fish. Like, well. So did you say at this, you stayed at the same sixth form that you were in secondary school? Yes, yeah, so okay. I stayed at the same sixth form. So I was more comfortable then. So like my last year of secondary school, I was definitely more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really mind not being the loudest person there. I didn't really mind anybody not knowing what was going on with my life because they don't need to anyway. She don't need yeah. to be the loudest person in the room. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was going through. But a lot of the time I was like, I didn't know who I was. Like I was just confused as to why I felt so invisible. Mm. But I think, I don't know, I guess validation doesn't lie in other people. I think it's because nobody even treated me like I had value. Not like I was wow. being bullied, but it was like, I wasn't really seen, you know okay. what I mean? So you yeah. feel irrelevant when you're not seen. But when I moved to the other side, people seemed to like me more and I was more comfortable. And that's when I started to understand that I need to make friends with the right people. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's very key. Um, I think it's so weird because growing up in secondary school, it's like this this constant kind of ideology of wanting to be popular, yeah. wanting to be respected is like yeah, an important yeah. thing. I remember um, when I, I think I was in year... I think I was in about year 10 and I was a happy-go-lucky person like I got on with most people like I never disliked people or had arguments with people but there was this one girl who just robbed me the wrong way <laughs> and I was not I wasn't very vocal I wasn't like the most vocal person I wasn't someone that would get in trouble mm-hmm. I was very like um the I, I was a well-behaved girl mm-hmm. um anyway so I think people miss like they they mistook my kindness for weakness yeah. Um my school was very dog eat dog. Oh my god. 
yeah eat or be eaten <laughs> um and so I like that in the sense that it helped me to to really get thick skin mm-hmm. so by the time I got to like year 10 and year 11 I wasn't just someone that could be pushed around mm. anyway we had this um so I did performing arts for GCSE one of my GCSEs we had this examination where we had to host a movie night very random <laughs> anyway we had all been assigned a particular role um and so I, I was assigned a role um by my teacher and I remember there was this girl and she was very very bashful quite rude and she was somewhat popular um and so she told me like I'm gonna take your role you can do my role <laughs> and I thought to myself <laughs> okay okay it's fine show. you know peace let's be a peacemaker <laughs> I thought to myself you know what it's no problem let me just take her role so I took her role and um my teacher, it got to a point where the movie had to start. So my teacher said to me, you need to tell your your like, your like fellow students that they need to... They were selling sweets and stuff. I think she was on the store to sell sweets. So you mm. need to stop selling the sweets because the movie is going to start. Mm. Um, so I went to her and I told her, like, oh, you know, you need to stop selling the sweets because the movie is going to start. <laughs> I, I'm feeling angry telling the story. <laughs> and she essentially... I think she felt that I, like I was a nobody. I was irrelevant. And so she could speak to me anyhow. <laughs> and she was like to me... Um, essentially, uh, I will stop when I'm good and ready to stop. Who are you to come and tell me that I need to stop, you know, doing the sweets? I thought in my, in my head, I've given you one chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you a second chance. Um, and I basically lost it. What did you do? I said, uh, look, I'm not going to be walking on eggshells. I remember saying eggshells specifically <laughs> <laughs> because you came on the scene. I've told you what needs to, and I remember it being like quite loud and, and becoming problematic and people coming to me like Joyce calm down and I wasn't I was never one to get angry so it yeah. was weird um and I think she didn't expect me to really stand up for myself I remember being really irritated and then like that kind of being shut down um and I was sitting and people come up to me like Joyce what happened oh my goodness and I was just thinking I was thinking no and I remember people telling me oh you know that's just how she is though she's rude yeah, I and I hate that. phrases like that like yeah. um kind of like being okay with someone's poor behavior because that's how they are mm-hmm. and I was just thinking in my head like I'm not your friend I don't care how you are like you can't be that way towards me mm-hmm. um and as the year, well, as time went on, she kind of like made me her enemy. Like she was just actively horrible to me. Oh, wow. But I just didn't care. And it's so weird, the politics in secondary school, because um, later in my secondary school life, I became really close with a girl that was very popular. She'd left her friendship group and kind of started hanging out with me and some of my friends. Mm. And they didn't get on. And so now it was like about two, three people she didn't get on with that were my close friends. And it was kind of like, maybe she felt as though she couldn't not take on all of them at the same time and so she kind of backed down after a while but it's just weird that people think we'll try to be horrible to you but then when you have particular friends that happen to be popular they kind of back down type of thing Mm. um but yeah I vividly remember that I remember like being like no like you're not gonna bully me you're the boss of me (laughs) you're not the boss of me (laughs) do you remember when people used to say Talk to the hand because it's like listening. I, I never actually had, I don't think I had any confrontations <laughs> like that. Right. Literally never. Like I was just, I was just there. I don't know you're how not, to explain you're, it. You're not naturally confrontational though. Yeah, I don't like confrontation yeah. anyway. Like even speaking of friendships, I've only ever had one argument with a friend and I don't even call her a friend anyway. She wasn't even my friend. Mm. But this was like um, after prom of year 11. <laughs> so I had nothing left to lose anyway. It was, it was prom. <laughs> the year was over. Yeah. And like a group of us had decided we're going to get a limo to prom and we'd mm. all paid the money towards it. But my cousin was doing my makeup and she came late. So... I wasn't ready in time to go to my friend's house to get in the limo to go to prom. Right. So they were calling me and texting me and I was like, I'm, I'm late, I'm not going to make it or whatever. But then when I left, I felt like I had a bit more time to actually make it on time. This is me and my other friend as well, mm-hmm. the one that I was close to from year seven. So then uh, we both tried to make our way to the girl's house now, even though we were late. They didn't say that they were going yet. They were like, let's hurry up. We get there. And they've gone. Oh, with the limo. <laughs> with the limo. Oh, and you've paid, you've contributed. And I, yeah, oh. and I've paid. <laughs> so we called them and we're like, where the hell are you? Mm. She goes, yeah, we left because you were taking... <laughs> what? Because you were taking too long. And then my friend, her dad, she was... To- my, my friend's dad was talking to the girl on the phone, like, where okay. are you? And then the girl cut the phone on my friend's dad. Wow. <laughs> so now I'm in the car with my mom. My friend's in the, her car with her dad. We'd missed the limo to prom. So we meet in the car park just outside of prom now. And we're like, we're just going to walk in together like a TV show. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so eventually we get there. Obviously, limo is not there. We get there. We go. Yeah. Have a good time at prom. We both look great, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the next day. So my friend is one of those people that will leave a group chat when the thing is over. Like, she's okay. just going to sit there. Mm-hmm. So she was nice. She was like, okay, guys. Basically, it's like, it's nice knowing you all. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and then she left the chat, but I was still there because I'm not the kind of person that leaves. I just kind of stayed there because nobody left and I didn't even chat <laughs> myself. I have no problems with that. So then the girl, he was in charge of the whole limit thing, the one that cut the phone and my friend's dad was like, wow, how could she leave or something like that? She's so bitter. Then I was thinking, wow. well, what you're not going to do <laughs> is talk about my friend behind her yeah. back. So I was out here now fighting this girl with my friend's back. I was like, if you know her enough, you would know that she leaves group chats anyways. Yeah. You guys shouldn't have left us behind. After in- what you did yesterday. Yeah, after what you did yesterday. If anything, you should have told us before you left. You just left without telling yeah, us. About no. blah, blah. And this girl was trying to defend herself. And I was like, listen, losing the friend like you was like missing the bus. Like, I'll go over it. Like, I really, I don't even care about you. Like <laughs> yeah. There's another one coming after, isn't it? And then my friend was like, okay, Devil, stop fighting. Like, please, like, okay, fine, whatever. So then yeah. I left the chat. That's the only fight ever behind of anybody. But like I said, we weren't even close anyway. So I had yeah. nothing to lose. I guess I was just fueling, just channeling whatever anger I had inside yeah. of me towards the argument. You're listening to the So You Can Relate podcast. It's so weird because like when it comes to like confrontation and stuff like that, I'm not I'm not confrontational because once I become confrontational, for me, there's no going back. Not in that I lose control, but in that the friendship is probably, I'm going to burn your bridge. Oh, okay. Because I just feel like for it to get to the stage where I have to become very like combative and confrontational, you probably don't have respect for me. And then I just, I wouldn't want you in my life. Mm. Um but when it comes to just people that I'm not really close with or just people undermining me or belittling me, I love to surprise people. <laughs> I delight in surprise. Like, I love a good, oh, I didn't know that you had that in you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I don't know if that's bad. I mean, I get what you mean. Like, there's something empowering about telling somebody about themselves. And yeah. And expect that to come from you. Yeah. I really do love that. That's what I was like in primary school, like, I was I was no nonsense. <laughs> like people did not talk to me sideways, but then I came to second wow. school and I just became so meek and I lost the little confidence that I had. Yeah, and it built up over time. But it's something nice about someone underestimating you and you being like, well, actually, actually, especially secondary school because people will gash you up as well when there's a fight and you just <laughs> they'll be like, are you gonna have it? Yeah. Are you gonna take that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. So <laughs> you, you can't take it and you have to defend yourself. Oh, if it was me, I wouldn't take that. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, confrontation. Mm. To this day, I'm not a fan of it. But I do feel like maybe I should confront more because I've seen, oh, and I've heard a lot about people being like, oh, in relationships or in healthy relationships, there's arguing, there's fighting, there's whatever, whatever. Right. So the fact that I've never fought with any of my closest friends before, mm-hmm. or any of my friends, apart from literally that one fight I had with that girl who I didn't wow, care yeah. about. Yeah. The fact that I've never had a disagreement, I start to wonder, am I too passive? Am okay. I like, am I spineless? Which I am to a degree, I'll admit. Like, I just, I don't care. Am I just, do I just not care about things enough to fight for them? Do you get what I mean? Right. So I wonder, are my relationships healthy if I don't ever fight in them? Because I don't, I just, I don't know. Yeah, it could be a case of you kind of like, let, like letting things just roll off your back or sliding things under the carpet. Mm. But the, I get it because I'm not, I don't argue. Mm. Like I'm not, an, that's why I find it really weird, like, I'll be speaking to friends and they'll they'll like be in a relationship for two weeks and they're arguing. And I'm just like, <laughs> that is just beyond like, for me, that is just red flags because I'm not the argue type of person. Yeah. I don't argue that much. Um, but I think to not ever have like, it doesn't necessarily have to be an argument, but to not set boundaries and be like, you know, actually like you can't do that to me or yeah. I, when you did that, I just found that disrespectful or saying something there and then. Like, it can be something as small as, oh, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> that's like, be there. Now, now it's an argument. Okay, maybe that's a bit much, but something like, um, oh, next time, just don't do that. Yeah. Or I don't like that. Or something a bit more sweeter. <laughs> don't chat to me like that. Even that is like... It's uh, like do you find that weird? Yeah, it's like you're asking for something. I don't like, I don't like, I can't be bothered. 
Do you know what I do sometimes? I use humour to kind of let you know that you're kind of overstepping the boundary. Mm. Whether it be like, are you okay? Are you normal? (laughs) Like, (laughs) are you are you alright? Sometimes because there's always truth in humour, and the person probably know. Okay, I'm Mm. encroaching. Or um, I don't know. I think it comes naturally after a while. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, maybe you've not been put in the position i hope i never am yeah. because i don't know how i mean i fight with my sister all the time but that's that's the max i'm not gonna fight with anybody else yeah like our big ages are always fighting that's actually enough for me <laughs> i can't be bothered what do you think about best friendship um yeah like just based on the experiences i had when i was younger i just never best friendships never worked out well for me mm-hmm. um i have friends that i'm close with but they're multiple yeah and i feel like i'm happier that way rather than just solely investing in one person and saying, this is my best. Because I feel like, I mean, you've had this conversation about expectation and friendships. When you put the label of like best friend on someone, it comes with a whole host of expectations. I expect you to be there when I need you. I expect you to comfort me, to laugh with me, mm-hmm. to mourn with me, all these different things that maybe that person may not be able to deliver on. And now, because you've put this person on such a pedestal and they haven't delivered multiple times, you're kind of going to get rid of maybe a seemingly okay relationship because now you've called this person your best friend yeah. and they're not really meeting the requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the whole best friend thing does not work for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, I wouldn't say it doesn't work for me. I just say I never ever even entertained it. Probably oh, until wow. recently. Like when I was growing up, my mum <laughs> used to always say, <laughs> don't pick best friends because your best friend always has a best friend and it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom gave it to you straight. (laughs) She was like, listen, you'll call someone your best friend. Yeah. And the thing is, I adopted that when I entered school. So I went up with a bit of a guard and I feel like I actually saw it. Yeah. Because there were some, there were a few girls that I thought I was getting close to becoming my best friend. But then I'd see them hanging out with somebody else more. Mm. And back then, it would really hurt you to see your friend hanging out with somebody else more than you. Yeah. Or like say they had a class together that you're not in and they now have their personal jokes and you're burning. Because like, I don't have the jokes (laughs) with that person. So <clears throat> I felt like my mom's th- theory or saying had been um, proven like, yeah, your best friend always has a best friend. Mm-hmm. And that trickles down to why I don't even want to get too emotionally available to people. Mm-hmm. Like we both have a friend who we know that she loves. She's just, she's very, <laughs> I tell you, she just loves love and she loves friendship and she loves yeah. relationships and stuff like that. And she'll be like, okay, love you, miss you. And it really, I struggle to say that. <laughs> I really, even if I feel that, like I can't, I can't say it back. Right. And it's taken me a while to get to that point now where I can be like, okay, she's one of my best friends. She's one of my closest friends, mm-hmm. but I definitely have my guard up. And I guess that goes down to like being hurt, but there's a difference between being hurt because you haven't been hurt before and you're scared of it mm-hmm. and being hurt because you've experienced it before and you don't want to go through it again. Right. Yeah. 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 I see what you mean. I think I remember I would be in secondary school and like me and my friends have had like a crazy argument. Mm-hmm. I remember the feeling of going into school and just feeling like, oh, like, and I just, that's why I don't have any space or time for drama because I feel like I've had my fair share of it in mm-hmm. secondary school. Mm-hmm. And so like when I get a whiff of it in my, like, because now I'm in my early 20s, I just, I think I've done my share. <laughs> um, and I hate feeling, I hate awkwardness. Oh, same. I hate all of that. That's why like, if I know that I'm I'm going to be around someone a lot, I'll just rather confront it and speak about it mm-hmm. because I hate pretense. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, I really, I'm not a pretender. I don't like pretending. And I think, not to take it back to the the whole conversation of Africa again, but I think in African culture, some one of the downsides of African culture is there's a lot of pretending. Pretending? Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if this is, like, the case with, with your upbringing, but just a lot of people not really saying as it is, all in efforts to be polite or not to create problems or for peace sake. But sometimes I feel like it just makes things worse. And I just never, I was never one to pretend. And so I just, I try to avoid drama as much as I can. And, I, and I'm, I've been successful at that. I feel like the people I have around me are not um, people that really indulge in drama. I mean, yeah, I don't think I've ever really been close to people that Love drama to be honest with you. I never even did you ever have any personal drama in school that you were directly involved with? <laughs> you did. <laughs> okay, that laugh tells you everything. And it's because like 
not within my friendship group there was drama so yeah. I could argue with a friend and then it would make things oh, okay. complicated etc yeah. etc um and I was always one to like defend people I think one of and I decided to stop doing this in second year of uni was getting involved in other people's arguments and other people's issues and trying to reconcile people mm. you cannot reconcile people and neither should that be your job to do so and I know for me personally I just feel like it's something I don't want to do anymore mm. because sometimes you get caught in crossfire um, and then you feel some type of way when you probably should have not got involved in the first place. And as we're getting older, like you're 21 plus, if you want to talk to someone, you'll talk to them. If you don't want to, you, yeah. do, you won't. So I just, I think growing up, I always had this issue of having to be everyone's saviour or sort out people's issues or, you know, make people talk again. And yeah, it's not, it's not my responsibility. <laughs> I think we're actually so opposite in that aspect because I can't, I couldn't name any drama that I was involved in. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just kept my two friends close to me and we didn't fight each other anyway. So it was like, maybe yeah. people would say something about somebody, but it was just like, we'd know about other people's drama, but there was never any drama between us. I won't lie though, sometimes I craved it. It's like, can something just happen to me? Like, oh. I just, I just want to. I just want something to happen. It's you know? so distracting, though. It's mm. so distracting. And I know, like, obviously, you're a kid and everything, but you would go home and think about it and then talk about it. And I'm I'm really close to my mum, so I'd, I would literally chew mum's ear off talking about, oh. then this happened, then that happened. That's then, cute, oh, though. That's cute uh, for your mum to hear oh, everything that's good. Like, my mum gave me advice after <laughs> advice after advice. Um, and, yeah, there's just certain things that my mum would say that I would just hold on to. Number one, you cannot educate everybody mm. you're not your job is not to be everybody's educator not saying that you can't tell someone when they're overstepping their boundary but I used to always feel like I had to explain myself mm. over explain myself and yeah feeling like you owe people the truth can sometimes be very damaging to you I think mm -hmm. when you feel like you have to hold people well you're no, you're responsible for telling people what you're doing and what you're going up to. And I think that's a sign of a toxic friendship when you feel like this person has to know everything. Did I tell this friend this? Did I tell this friend that? Yeah. Um, I don't like feeling like you owe people information. Yeah. And maybe that's what comes when you, um, when you let someone get too close to you. you know? Yeah. But it's weird because all in all, I had very positive secondary school friendships. Let me not make it sound horrible. Mm -hmm. Um they were really good and I learned a lot from the people I, I was hanging out with at those ages and we had the most fun. Mm. Like, and maybe the reason why we had drama, like, at the times you did is because we, we really liked each other. We were really invested. We were real friends and, mm. like, we got on really well and sometimes when you are when you expect things from people and when you really care about those people and they let you down, it can lead to drama and arguments and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'm glad those were the friends that I chose. I, I, I learned so much from them and we kind of had similar goals in life. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, whether I like it or not, they informed the person I became. If you could advise yourself, your younger self, something at this point now, something you wish you knew at this point in life, what would it be? Something I wish I knew. You wish you knew back then? Like in secondary school? Yeah. Um... Hmm. I think I wish that I was more, um, I think I wish I took more time with myself and kind of self-development mm. and what was going, I think I was so invested in other people and what other people were doing, what my friends were doing, my friends okay and uh, how's everything going with them and all of that, <laughs> that I kind of was missing out on, okay, what's happening with you, how are you developing yourself, mm. um, what are you doing to kind of get yourself and and. To, to where you want to go. I wish I believed in myself a bit more. Mm. I think I always had dreams of like studying law and um, becoming like someone in life. But I think I wasn't so convinced that I could actually do it. I wish I believed in myself a bit more. Mm. Um, yeah, there's so many things that, that I, I, I wish I did when I was younger. Yeah, I can't think of anything right now. Maybe when you, when, uh, when you're talking about what you wish you knew, <laughs> some, some more things will come to mind. Uh. I don't know what I wish I knew. I wish I knew that people would forget about things and that mm. no one's really looking in your direction because there's so much that I hesitated towards doing because I was just scared of people looking at me and laughing. Right. But 
I mean, unless you do something really, really big and terrible or whatever, <laughs> people are going to forget about it just like that. Yeah. And if anybody does remember, they're going to be like the only person that remembers. And it's not going to be relevant anyways. So I wish I knew back then that you should just live a lot more fearlessly, live a lot more confidently because no one is actually looking at you. And if they are, so what? Yeah, yeah. That's easier to say when you're like growing up or whatever. And when you're in the early stages of adulthood, I feel like teenagers, they just don't want that attention unless it's positive. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to do mm-hmm. that stuff. But I feel like if you were the teenager, the one teenager that didn't let those fears stop you, you could have like, I don't know, you could have done even better than you already did. Do you mm, know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I wish I knew that nobody was looking and I can just, you know, dance like no one was watching. <laughs> That's what I wish I did. Yeah, another thing that comes to mind is... Um, I wish I enjoyed secondary school much more and like took everything in. Mm. I think I was just obviously living day by day and whatever comes, comes. But I didn't know that those were like some of the most interesting parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Of course, I haven't lived much life yet. But I think that secondary school was so funny. <laughs> I met some of the funniest people I know there. Yeah. And like I have some of the best memories there. So I wish I took it all in a bit more. And um, my secondary school was really strict. So we were the um, the pioneers. So we were the first year. Um, and I guess that's actually made my secondary school experience a bit different from other people because I didn't come into this daunting setting of like year 10s, year 11s and being really young. We were the first. And so we were like really modicoddled and looked after well. Um, and then we were always the oldest. Um, but yeah, so I, I was saying that my school was really, really strict and I think it made our experiences that much funnier because it was like, how do I explain this? You know, like, it's kind of like laughing through the pain. <laughs> when you go to such a strict school, okay, I'll, I'll paint a picture for you. We weren't allowed to go to shops after school. We had, a, like, a really rigorous system um, of, like, detentions. We even had Saturday detentions. Mm. We were very regimented in that, like, you had to say the school pledge before every single lesson. Mm-mm. It was very, very much so, like, the army. Like, it was not yeah. a joke. Um, and... You, if you were caught in school uniform in any shop after school, you would get a straight detention. We had teachers um, outside the gate all the way up to the station, making mm-hmm. sure that students got home. It was very, very, very strict. Um, but it kind of made for really funny experiences. Like, I remember laughing in it. We used to have these assemblies, basically, scream at the kids' assemblies, where it would happen once in a while. Um, and if like the students had been really behaving horribly, they'll just call you into an emergency assembly and we'd literally have a series of teachers screaming at us. <laughs> I remember one time they had an image on the board and they were like, look at this boy. What is he doing? You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed. And I remember just literally having to hold back tears of laughter. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Remember, But some of the things they said were problematic. Like they would say things to us like, leave the ghetto at the gate. Mm-mm. Things like that. That was kind of low-key weird to say. Okay. They would literally take turns shouting at us. But I think like because it was such a strict environment, kind of made for those kind of memories of like finding those things funny and mm-hmm. just finding the fun in everything. Yeah. Um, but listen to your teachers, kids. <laughs> yeah, listen to your teachers, I guess. But we said this last time that one of my... I don't want to regret... One thing I regret is not misbehaving. Right. Like, I was so, like... I was such a goody two-shoes. Like, just always doing... Playing by the rules. Like, I was naughty here and there, but mm. I wasn't, like, one of the baddest kids in school. Not like I should want to be anyways, but it was, like... I don't know. I just wish I was a bit more rebellious sometimes. <laughs> I see. Only time I was rebellious was when I was in, I think it was year seven. I think it was year seven. And um, students used to sell things during school. Like they would sell food to each other. (laughs) (laughs) So they'd go to Sainsbury's or Asda before school and say they'd buy like a pack of five donuts from Sainsbury's, right? Right. For a pound. And they'll go and sell them all for 50p during lunchtime. Uh, to profit, make, make, make it, it a profit, profit you know? Um, so I was like, I need to get some money too. <laughs> um, I decided to go to Sainsbury's. I remember I bought these white chocolate chip cookies right. for a pound. And I was trying to sell them all for 50p. But then I was doing it outside of the head of year's office. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I was so stupid. I don't know what I was thinking. So obviously the teacher was like, 
<laughs> Let me go outside and stop her. Yeah. So she goes outside and she starts telling me off and I start crying and she takes my cookies and she's like, you get detention like after school for like an hour on Friday, whatever. Mm. I was so distraught. I think that really put me in line. That was year seven. So after that, I tried to not misbehave anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because I'd already experienced what I thought was the worst of the worst, like getting caught for selling, which is obviously bad because you don't have a food license, but <laughs> everyone got away with it but, but me on my first day of selling it. Oh um, no! After that, I was just in trouble for being late. I've been late to everything since year nine, and to this day, I'm still late to everything. So, uh, we my school was weird. Like we we had this rule that you had to underline everything with a red pen, mm-hmm. and if you didn't have a red pen for some reason, you would literally get a detention. What? If you didn't have highlighters, you would get it. It, it was like I tell you, the list was endless. Why was it like that? It was re- like to the point that. If you were hot and you wanted to take your blazer off, you had to ask the teacher. Yeah, we had that too. Please take my blazer off. We had that too, but we didn't have the whole red pen. If a teacher came into the classroom, we had to all stand up. (laughs) And then you sit down when they tell you to sit down. I don't know. It was crazy. What are they trying to teach kids when they do stuff like that? Is it about respecting... Pure submission. It makes it makes people authoritarian when that's a decision that I think people should make by themselves. Right. If they want to just follow all of these big, 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 big people up there yeah. and just do what they tell them to do. Like, I'm really not a fan of that. I remember thinking about how, like, you know, when you were young and you had to ask to go to the toilet. Yeah. And teachers had that audacity to say <laughs> no. I remember getting to, like, um, year 11 and thinking... This is my human right. Yeah. I need to go to the toilet. I know obviously kids take the mic and just play outside toilets and things like that. Mm. But um, I always did find that weird saying no yeah. to someone going to the... You should have gone at lunch. Yeah, I didn't need to go then, did I? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'd always say. Uh, but to be fair, teachers weren't allowed to go to the toilet. I don't remember teachers going to the toilet, really. Yeah. Maybe if like you had an exercise you're doing and you're distracted and then the TA would stay and then they'll go quickly go to the toilet. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they should have gone during lunch as well then, shouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. No, there were so many rules that they implemented at school that I did not agree with. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I never stopped at the uprising like I should have, I guess. But my school, sorry, my school was not as bad as yours. That sounds, uh, I don't know what, uh, they, it was a lot. what they were trying to do with that one. It was a lot. I think they were really, I think because we were the first year, they were trying to set a precedent, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. There were some fun aspects, like we had um, a house system. Mm-hmm. So kids would be split into like four different houses and you would do competitions. So we would have something called charity week mm-hmm. where like different houses would put on like parties. They'd have like a disco and all the girls would get <laughs> dressed up in the school toilet, <laughs> getting ready to enjoy at the disco. And So those were nice memories. Like I think they did make an effort to give us great memories and yeah, implement things that were fun but yeah it was definitely very strict how did you find um parents evening oh my mum was so extra parents <laughs> evening. like my dad couldn't always make it but my mum always always could and she had a notebook to this day she still has wow it. if i ask her for it she'll pull it she up. was that parent she had a notebook for my sister and i think i don't know if it was the same one Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was the same one because at least in primary school they had parents' evening on the same day. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, like a little A5 ruled notebook, and she'd like um, draw a line down the middle and she'd have my name here and my sister's uh. name here. <laughs> and she would write notes. I remember the teachers would sit down and talk to her, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, so the difference doing well, I'm actually be like, okay, yeah. And then just start oh, writing. Wow. It down. And they'd look at her and look at me like, is your mum okay? <laughs> <laughs> After all, they got used to it. But for me, it was just like I need to, I need to behave because yeah. she's literally going to take notes. Like she has a record of me from flipping reception. It's not like she'll forget. Exactly, she has it written down. Um, all of these notes of how I'm doing. So, to be fair, I was never scared of parents' evening academically because I did quite well on that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, only thing I, got, I was bad at. I don't even know. Actually quite good. good at everything. I was, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't all round. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's because yeah. I didn't do anything else. I wasn't nobody, so I just focused. Uh-huh. On, I just focused on my books. Yeah. Um. But yes, as for the academics, I wasn't really scared of that unless I knew I was doing badly at mm. subjects at any time. Like physics A level, that was horrible. Oh, I literally you did it for A level. I literally got a U. Oh, when babe. I when I got a D in February, I was celebrating. <laughs> I still finished with a U anyway, then answered the questions as well. So I did that exam. <laughs> Just oh, failed. Oh my goodness. But yeah, parents' evening was good academically. Mm-hmm. But they'd always be like, oh, she could speak up more in class okay, and stuff that. like that. But right. I literally, I always expected that. So it, was, it wasn't it was too scary for me. How's right. it for you? 
for me, it was weird because I would kind of be oblivious the whole time. And then when parents evening would come, I'd be like, how have I been this time? <laughs> like, it would just dawn on me. Um, but generally, like, my parents' evenings were quite positive experiences. Like, yeah. I don't remember um, having, like, a horrible parents' evening. I remember in primary school, their teachers would say to my mum often, like, this is really good student. You know, she's doing really well, but she really talks a lot. <laughs> and my mum used to look at me like, why are you talking? I think I was just really bubbly and, like, loved conversation, but it was bad. One time... <laughs> My teacher was like to my mom, like, we've tried to move Joyce, but wherever Joyce moves, she seems to get on with everyone there. And just you were talk. that student, that was, no matter yeah. where they put you. And it was bad because I would get on with my work and talk at the same time, hmm. but that wasn't necessarily all the students <laughs> I was influencing. <laughs> That's who you were at school. Uh, I've pinpointed you. You're the person that revises at home and distracts people in class. It was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Um, but then when I got older, like secondary school, mm-hmm. um, I think because I went to a really strict school, like it just wasn't a possibility to be talking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, parents' evenings were pretty much positive. Um, I remember like it was uh, it was a lot of teachers to see. My mom would be like, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, my dad used to come as well sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think my mom went to the majority of my parents' evenings. Yeah. And I, what I did find annoying was having them in sixth form there because. I had friends that were going to college and they were literally laughing. Oh, you lot have to still have parents even in it. <laughs> and I'm like 18 and I have to now drag my mum or my dad to parents even yeah. It was not fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was it then. Yeah, obviously at uni you don't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were pretty positive. I remember hearing horror stories though. Of yeah. like a friend or actually seeing students like, oh, my mum's going to kill me. <laughs> I promised my dad I was going to change. <laughs> and you would literally see teachers like so happy, like, wow, fancy me telling your mum that on yeah, Thursday yeah, when parents evening comes. They'd get joy from they that. They would be happy. Evil behaviour. The only time I was ever, <laughs> like, I could have been concerned about parents evening was literally when I was in, I think I was in like either re- reception to year two. Yeah. I was really badly behaved, like, I think I had, oh, wow. I think I had like ADHD or something. I don't know if that goes away, but as in I had behavioral issues. <laughs> so yeah. they had a special book for me, and every, oh, every, every day, every day the teacher had to write a report. So you were on report, basically. Yeah, I was on report at the tender age of five or six. Like I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was so misbehaved. And they'd have to write a report for me every single day. And I remember this teacher, her name was Miss Hanrahan. I don't know, she was Asian. I don't know where she was from exactly. Mm -hmm. And I really, really liked her. And she was the one that was like, you need to do better, babe, (laughs) to my five-year-old self. And she'd write a report to me for me every single day to give to my mum. And oh, and my dad as well. And then I remember this one week I was doing really poorly and I had like three or four bad reports in a row. Right. And my mom was like, if you get one more report, that's bad. You're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Luckily that day she forgot to sign my report card and say how my behavior was at that age, at that day. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, let me just write in something good myself. Oh. (laughs) Bear in mind, I was like six and I could just about write anyways. I was like, I'm going to try my hardest. To make it look, never know. <laughs> to make it look like her handwriting, I'm write a very good report. Yeah. So you know, I got my pen, sat down, and wrote the report. Saying, "Yeah, she was great today. She did so well." Oh you know? no! <laughs> and then I give it to my parents, and they look at me like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that a six-year-old wrote this. Yeah. And I got in trouble that day, but I think after that, and also I had that whole threat when I was younger that I was going to get sent to Nigeria as well. Like, okay. That's, it was around that time as well. I don't know. Oh, at the age of six? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. They were like, you're going to get sent away. Like, your misbehavior is, is too much. I don't know what I was doing. Like, yeah. It would be like they would be telling me off and I'd like laugh in their face. Or I would like just be disrespectful. And yeah. I was so young. I don't mm. know. There was definitely something wrong <laughs> with me. Anyway, that yeah. all changed. And I think I've definitely like simmered since then. And I was actually talking to my friend about this a couple of days ago. She was like... She used to be so confident in school. She used to be so bubbly or whatever. But since sixth form of uni, she's kind of gone down. Oh, no. And it's interesting because I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. All too often we compare ourselves, especially at this age, say 21, Mm -hmm. 22. Mm -hmm. We compare ourselves to who we were when we were in secondary school. But you were still a child back then. Like you were still like 
uh, what's it called a teenager. You're even a young adult yet. Yeah. And to compare yourself now to who you were then mentally or even physically, my body was so snatched like you were yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> Stuff like that. I think it's a bit damaging because you're comparing yourself to someone that isn't fully developed yet. Do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, just to bring it back to like secondary school time, um, growing up, did you feel like, were you like very insecure about like the way you looked or how people perceived you even because you went to a mixed school right yeah um yeah like what guys thought about you or like worried about does anyone like me image like was that a big part of growing up yeah mm. <laughs> goodness I could talk about that talk <laughs> all about day that. I could talk about it all day like uh, what was it like I got my so I got my first crush when I was in year seven okay no, yeah, yeah. Towards the end of year seven is when I realized, oh my gosh, I like this person. That was yeah. my first crush ever. Whereas in primary school, mm-hmm. everyone was like, I definitely, who do you like? And I was like, I don't like anybody. All my friends have crushes, but I didn't back then. Mm. And then I honestly, I liked this boy for like three years. Wow, was- you're dedicated. The people are definitely like, she's <laughs> dedicated to them. She doesn't play games. It was bondage. That's what it was. I thought I loved him. It was. Oh wow. Anyway, so that was that. And obviously when you like someone, especially at that age, mm-hmm. you want them to like you back, right? Mm-hmm. So you start looking at yourself in a way like, let me, how do I get his attention? You know, how yeah. do I do that? But then when I saw the girls, like he clearly liked, because he did have girlfriends where I liked him, but we didn't end up together. Oh no. So I was now starting to compare myself to people like that. Mm-hmm. Trying to see, okay, do I look like them? Am I as pretty as them? Is my hair the same as theirs? Is my body the same as theirs as well? Mm-hmm. And when you realise that it's not, you get insecurities, mm-hmm. especially because those things are so praised. Like secondary school kids are not shy with bringing people down yeah. and like elevating certain certain people. Do you get what I mean? I see. So when you don't identify with that image, especially when that person, the person you like likes that image too, it's like, well, who the hell am I? I'm irrelevant. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I guess, I think I probably peaked with that. Let's say maybe year 10, like being very insecure and not being confident in the way I looked mm-hmm. because I didn't look like, and I feel like people always say I didn't look like anybody else, but we don't look like each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when yeah, yeah. everyone looks different, you know. <laughs> but that go-to, like, body shape and, like, the hair and stuff like that that boys liked back then, I didn't have any of it. Right. So it's like I had to kind of find some kind of confidence in my personality. People always say the girls have a good personality. You know, they were cute when they were growing up. <laughs> they had to look for something. If it wasn't yeah. their looks, it was the personality. So that was me. I was just trying to like build that side of myself because I knew, well, I quote unquote knew that I had nothing in the looks department. But look back now, I was really cute when I was 15. Like, it's the worst <laughs> when you look back and you're like, oh, I look good. That was adorable, you know. But I yeah. guess whatever. The boys didn't see it back then. That's absolutely fine. And it wasn't the kind of thing that I, well, personally, I couldn't speak to my mom about because she'll be like, oh, because they just don't see your value they just... and it's like you're my mom you have to say I look good exactly you have to so it was not yeah. like I was speaking to my mom about it but yeah I definitely struggled with insecurities I think um yeah let's say like from year 10 when I moved to the other side of the year like I spoke about earlier right from that time onwards I steadily became more confident I did definitely have an issue with crushes mm. I think I crushed that in the past <laughs> year we thank god that's a man and a man. That's a bondage in all itself. But I guess there's probably was a link between like catching feelings for loads of guys when I was younger. Yeah. And probably being insecure because they weren't paying attention to me. But was I even paying attention to my true self? Mm, no, mm. I wasn't. You know? No, I hear you. Was it the same for you? Um, yeah, it was the same for me in a way. Because I was just thinking now, like my parents weren't really... Um, vocal on being like oh you're so beautiful or really really like yeah. affirming me all the time in the way I looked mm-hmm. I don't think they did that intentionally I just think like it just didn't come naturally to them yeah um and so like the most I would probably get was my dad would be like hey you look smart he'd <laughs> 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 be like oh thanks dad your blazer <laughs> I tell you um yeah so it wasn't really like oh you look so beautiful you know you're beautiful and th- yeah, th- no yeah. it wasn't that much and so um when I was in primary school, I was quite slim. Like, um, so when I got to year seven, I was still very, very slim. Um, and actually, my best friend in secondary school, I met her in the chicken and chip shop. And <laughs> this gal offered me her chicken. And I knew that we were going to be friends forever. Like, it was, it was just set. Um, and so we, were, we both loved chicken and chips. And so the journey began. <laughs> I would eat. Like, I would get up in the morning. I wouldn't have breakfast. Yeah. I would get to school, eat like a cheese toasty thing. 
have a full-blown lunch. Like, my school actually did quite good lunches. Um, sometimes they would do, like, fake jollof rice and chicken mm-hmm. and salad and all that. Have, mm. Make sure you have a dessert. Then after that, maybe have a snack, have a full box of chicken and chips, go home and have dinner. Oh, my goodness. That is what I ate at Apple. <laughs> Me. I, I was 13. I was eating like that. It's under age of 13. Anyway, so long story short, is obviously, I put on a lot of weight. Mm. Um, and then... I think it didn't really affect me so much in school just because I was a tall girl. Like most of my peers were tall Mm. um, and I wasn't very, very big. So it was kind of like, it wasn't a big deal, but I think it was more like um, back home with like uncles and aunties making comments like, oh, you've really put on, you know, you've put on weight. And it's like- Was that a good thing or a bad thing to them? It was, for me, I interpreted it as a bad thing. It was like I was putting on too much weight or I was eating a lot. Every time I would sit down, I'd want to put a pillow over me, kind of of hide that I was big. I would be conscious about how much food I'm putting on my plate and all these things. Um, And it did get to a stage where like my parents were kind of like, Joyce, like what's going on and all of that. And I kind of received it better from them because obviously I knew they were my parents. But kind of aunties and uncles just making comments of, oh, you need to go on a diet and things like that would kind of affect me um, and affect my confidence. I remember one time I was in science, there was this boy and he was like to me, um, it's so weird. Like when I first met you, you were so slim and slender. But ever since you started hanging out with X, um, oh you my just gosh. put on so much weight. Sorry, boys in school have, myself, have no filter. Ah! <laughs> I said, God, <laughs> what is this? Like I was, I remember not being offended there. I remember appreciating his honesty mm. but I remember yeah I, that that's just a memory that I have so I think my insecurities are more outside of school which is kind of weird mm-hmm. um because most of my cousins and people I grew up with are really really slim um and I was a bit bigger um and yeah the comments of the aunties like that's why I really relate to Nella Rose's videos when she talks about aunties because <laughs> they'd be having an effect on you <laughs> um but it within school it was kind of not really a big deal and when I got to around year 10 and Year 11, the in thing was to be thick, slim and to have balm and to have um, body and all of that. And it kind of made, well, it worked in my favour because I felt like good about myself because I was like shapely and all these different things. Um, But yeah, I think maybe coming into sixth form when I like was at my heaviest, it was kind of like, oh, I need to kind of lose weight and being very, very conscious of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it does affect you. But yeah, like I said, it was more a thing of like, around family and aunties and uncles rather than in school mm. um but in terms of like um crushes like I never like I wasn't the girl that like got the guys or anything like that like it wasn't a thing I think mm. the first guy that expressed interest in me was I was like in year 10 year 10 yeah so I was a late bloomer mm-hmm. um <laughs> and I kind of didn't know what to do with that situation I found it very weird I didn't yeah. know how to navigate it or anything it's not like Definitely, like girls in year seven. Obviously, you know my man. <laughs> you are eleven. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't feel like that. Back it then. didn't. It didn't. It felt like normal. Mm. And it's like, oh, what do you? Okay, this is your boyfriend. What do you do? Oh, we go to the cinema together on Saturdays. <laughs> so, I used to wonder, like, I have a crush, but what will I actually do if you ask me to be his girlfriend? Because I'm not going to cinema with you. <laughs> I don't have any money. <laughs> And my mum would let me go. So, uh, what will I actually cinema, do with you? I'll just I see you in school every day. I used to love to go to the cinema. Like, it was my thing. I remember one day my mum calling one of my friends' mum, and she was like, these kids go to the cinema all the time. They think we just have money to stay there. <laughs> I loved the cinema. Like, it was... Because we didn't really have much of an alternative. Okay, you go to the shops or shopping, yeah, yeah. cinema maybe bowling like there's not so how, what, how much can you do at 13 you can't do anything that's the thing you can't cinema's the best you can't even watch 15s I know oh I tell you <laughs> that was a big milestone being able to watch a 15 yeah. what? but I feel like um, parents do have a part to play in like building up their child's self esteem yeah they do um, and I know that like a lot of um, black British people can relate in the sense that like our parents aren't very very um I won't say they're not affectionate, but they're not very good at affirming their children that you're really beautiful or mm. you're important or you matter. I think they do it in their own way, yeah. but we probably don't pick up on it that, oh, they're actually trying to affirm me in this way. I guess that's that just kind of highlights this disparity between like what they were told was important when they were raised and what we are told is important 
as we live here, if you get what I mean. Yeah. So like to them, like being smart and being successful and like working hard is important. That's why your dad said to you, you look smart. (laughs) (laughs) You look like you're going places. (laughs) Whereas here, if all I'm seeing is like amazing music videos of girls with nice bodies, like I just want to look cute. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah. But my mom isn't going to be like, oh, you look, I guess she could, but she wasn't going to be like, oh, you look so cute today going to school. Like that's not what she places importance on. So it's just this weird mix between like, what you're told is important by your parents and what Mm -hmm. the school and what society is telling you is important too. Do you remember the first time you felt beautiful? Oh, that's a nice question. Mm. Mm, Do you? Let me think about mine. I I remember, I remember. I was, um, so growing up, I didn't, I was not allowed to wear makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the first time I wore makeup was when I was 16. It was my 16th birthday. Yeah, same. I wore a face of makeup. <laughs> Me too. Like, and my dad was there watching. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my cousins were so for my 16th, I went to a WizKid concert, which was my dream. Wow. True. That's amazing. Like, I literally sat my dad down. I was like, Dad... <laughs> I really want to see this artist. He was like, oh, show me his songs. Show me his songs. I showed him the best song I could find. It was um, On Top Your Matter. Oh, yeah. And he was like, oh, this is good. This is good. And so, yeah, my dad basically took me and my, allowed me and my cousins to go to his concert. Um, and I absolutely love Wizkid, if you know me. Hmm. So it was, a, yeah, my cousins came over and they did my makeup and all of that. So that was the first time I wore makeup. Um, and so I feel like the first time I felt beautiful was um, on my prom. Hmm. I remember I was like, I was really flustered that day. I was running late, like most people are. Um, And so I got my makeup done and my hair done and I had a dress on. I remember, I think I was passing the mirror because I was literally rushing. And I thought to myself, wow, (laughs) (laughs) wow, is this really me? Oh, (laughs) come and see beauty. What's that? What's that? I mean, my thought, I saw beauty. (laughs) But this is a discovery. discovery. Yeah. Um, so yeah that was the first time I felt really beautiful and it made me feel confident uh-huh. and I took loads of pictures and today still to today I really love the pictures mm. I was like I, I liked the way I looked I liked the way my body looked I liked the way my hair looked um, I went for the safe option I did box braids because I wasn't trying to do weave and my leave out was just you just literally explained what I looked like <laughs> I couldn't take that risk. I couldn't. Um, And even finding my dress took me ages. Like, it was not easy. But yeah, I felt really beautiful that day. Mm. Yeah, I think I actually have the same. I think it was prom for me as well. Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that it's because I was wearing makeup that I realised. it? (laughs) But that was also my first time wearing a full face. Like I said, my cousin did it for me. Mm. I did have weave. I did have a sewing and it was a leave out. And it was the wrong (laughs) colour. <laughs> it wasn't bad that it was like I picked up colour two, but yeah. you know how sometimes the colour two and the colour four are off, so it looked more like a colour four. So okay. it, but my hair obviously isn't brown like that. Mm. And I was a leave out too, so I now oh. straightened. Oh. I straightened my leave out over the hair. It wasn't bad when the wind wasn't blowing. Okay. But if, <laughs> you just didn't pat it down. If the wind was blowing, obviously because the texture doesn't match as well, it's premium material as well. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was just like dead straight. Yeah. Anyway, there was that. But I remember looking at myself thinking, wow, not half, not half bad. Not half bad. And even to this day, like <laughs> I said, I look at the pictures, I'm like, these pictures are actually really, really decent. Like, yeah. I'm not bad at it at all. But I think during sixth form, though, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I went downhill, but... <laughs> I definitely went downhill. I don't have any memories of feeling beautiful <laughs> in sixth form. Yeah, I can relate like, to that. Look at the pictures, I'm like, yeah. Just actually, I mean, I, there were... Times I liked my hair okay. because I started doing my hair myself in sixth form. So mm-hmm. I was getting into that as well. But as for like my actual face, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was very, very underwhelmed. Yeah. Very yeah. underwhelmed. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think be- feeling beautiful is important. Like mm. I feel like um, that's why I'm really like an advocate for making sure like I, I look good every day because if I look good, I'll feel good. And I know that some people think that like your the way you look shouldn't equate the way you feel mm-hmm. but i think that if you put in on that lipstick or you put in on that dress you like is going <clears> to <throat> improve your day and make you confident yeah. then so be it do so everything it. you can to live like the best possible life you can yeah um and so yeah this is the, there's just some block memories i have like i vividly remember my prom yeah um 
Yeah. <clears throat> when it comes to being beautiful, though, do you ever have this thing where somebody will say it to you and you're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe you. I, do you know what? It sounds really sad to say, but I, growing up, I didn't, I, I hardly had people telling me that you're beautiful. I actually, um, <laughs> um, I cannot recall. <laughs> I'm trying to recall. I was part of my chair. Uh, and my mum would listen to this and be like, ah. <laughs> um, I can't record like some a time where someone was like to me, "Oh my goodness, you're so beautiful." Mm. Maybe like things like, um, or "Oh, you look good." Or, yeah, okay, yeah. Obviously, there were compliments there, like mm. you could look good or you dress good, or is that you? Mm. In the black community, why do we do that? I'm trying to be like you. <laughs> is that you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just tell someone they look nice. Ah. Um, but no, I, I. How about you? Do you recall? Yeah, I mean, I think I should have said compliments instead because being mm. called beautiful aunties and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, but actually, being called beautiful, probably, I think sixth form, I got it a couple of times, <laughs> but I didn't believe them because I didn't think I looked great. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But compliments here and there were nice. I remember yeah. people used to be like, "Oh, I like your eyes," and I'd be like, Aww. "Me." <laughs> These eyes. Uh. <laughs> so that was really nice. But I feel like um, it really just, co- it goes down to you or it, it always goes down to me. It's like, if mm-hmm. I don't think I look good. It doesn't matter what you It doesn't you say, matter yeah. what anybody yeah. says. Like, I don't care. You can tell me I look great. If I feel like I look horrible, I'm not going to believe you. Mm-hmm. Whereas on some days I'm like, okay, I look good today. Yeah. <laughs> no one says anything. I'm like, oh, so it's the other way around. If you get know what I mean. But yeah. But I think it's good to tell people when you think they look good yeah. or when you think when you like something like I don't even have to know you I can be like oh, you, I love your scarf or you look so beautiful like mm-hmm. I actually do recall someone like random saying something like that to me like um, and it just it can really like brighten someone's day or make someone feel good like mm-hmm. I think it's like I'll say as girls we will think it in our minds or we'll even say to our friends oh my god that girl looks so yeah, pretty yeah we just don't say it out loud but we just don't say it out loud and it's like why not like just I, I know it sounds a bit like oh like you know you're a big oh you're so gritty <laughs> but I think it's nice to yeah. do like why not yeah, um, why not I remember going to this Ugandan event and I met this girl for the first time we were in a, a group chat but I'd never met her um, and when she saw me, she was like, oh, you're so beautiful. And I I haven't forgot that. Yeah. Like, actually, now I, it comes to mind. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just think it's good to do things like that because, mm. you know, why not affirm each other? Yeah, it's very important to affirm. And if you feel like there's value in somebody doing it to you, then I guess there's a lot of value in you doing it to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. It's just, for me, it's, it's the matter of actually believing it in that moment. Sometimes I'm like, well, everyone's saying it. Everyone's lying then because I still, <laughs> I still don't feel it. Yeah. But I think it's important to... Uh, Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's Hallelujah. Put some, put some God in there. You I know? know. But yeah. I could tell stories about things aunties and uncles have said to me that are just so bad but hilarious. Mm. Like, I'll tell a quick one. Um, I was in Uganda and um, I was with family and it was around Christmas time. Anyway, long story short is um, one of my dad's friends came over to visit. Um, really nice guy, friendly guy. Anyway, so I just went over to say, hi, how are you doing? I think he said something like, oh, um, is this your is this your daughter? My dad was like, yeah, it's my daughter. You know, she's grown up. And he was like, she's huge. <laughs> I don't know. Oh I said, God. please, can the floor just open and just swallow me? <laughs> and it, it, it's probably a language barrier thing. Maybe he meant to say, like, she's grown or she's big. or But he said, she's huge. I said, ah, okay. These times I'm on my weight loss journey. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I can tell a thousand and one stories, but you just have to it's laugh it off, honestly, and realise that probably, maybe that's not what they meant. Mm, I got the, op- the extreme opposite side of that. It's like, she's a bit, she's tiny. Like, she, oh, like what happened she eat? to her? She doesn't eat. Yeah, like, what happened to her? The thing is, I literally, I was very sick from like the age of 11 to 13. I feel like that mm. maybe stunted my growth a bit, because to this day, I'm not even that at all. Right. But I feel like on either side, it's like, you can't be too fat and you can't be too skinny. You I just know. have to, you have to find that in between. But people commenting on it is just, it's the worst. You don't forget stuff like that. It's beyond, like greeting someone with the way they look. Mm. Like, Hi, oh, you've had it. Wait, hi, oh, you don't eat. <laughs> I can't say she's huge. That's too much. Huge. Ah, oh, I definitely like I said, wow. <laughs> I said, this is well. It really is. Oh, man. But we hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been me, Joyce. And me, Adephala. And you're listening to the So You Can Relate podcast. Bye.